know what that is in plants way better than the response in humans. And it's interesting in plants because it can pass the plants. Plants can release like a pheromone and the other plants will be on guard with whatever the pest is and start to protect itself before it starts. Like it it can be in like one room or like in a field or something. It's pretty phenomenal. I thought you were about to tell me that plants could get COVID. Oh, Oh no, not that I know of. (laughs) (laughs) They can't get viruses though. Yeah, I I know they can get stuff like, I mean, I, I was going to, but COVID, I, I don't know. That'd be weird because that's like the, it's like, a, it's basically, a, it, it's a common, like cold, but worse, you know, like it spread right. common shit, you know, it's not like some spe- extra special virus where, you know, like you have to have like the contact of actual blood or something like right. this, shit, this shit just spreads like, you know, normal. I don't know. What, uh, what, um. <laughs> What do we want to talk about today? You got any hot topics? I mean, or anything? Melissa, you seem to you start us off. Give us a good topic. Um, okay. Let's see. Like I'm tuned out. I am told so tuned out right now. Like Yeah, you know, it's like the news hits a little bit different now because not a lot of people well well, let's start this. A friend of the podcast, let's say happy birthday to dusty because we're filming this or recording this on her birthday oh dusty sweet happy yeah. Birthday. yeah happy birthday i like that um yeah what about the news one way to start it <laughs> what about the news you were going you were where were you going you were going somewhere with the news yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like the news, like the trajectory of the news has kind of settled into a state of, I would say it's almost like a, a calmness, mm-hmm. depending on what your, what your scope is, and like what you pay attention to. Like me, I think I'm like very defined in the middle. And so I can see it kind of like broadly, you know, both left and right sides. And I think it's kind of like simmered down from my point of view. But if you're like really engaged into a right or a left, you know, the news is hopping and it's interesting. The people that are now commenting on those things. Yeah. It's almost like we're in the eye of the storm. Yeah. So, so if you're far left and you're in the news, you're thankful because you think Trump is going away, right? Yes. You're calm because of that. If you're on right. the far right side, you're, you're going apeshit because you think Trump's in the fight of his life. Right. And there was fraudulent election, which fraudulent like election, you know, everything, which is really interesting because if you just think about like four years ago, the it's, it's like the polar opposite of what we're experiencing now. So, you know, the left was saying this was rigged. There was Russia, Russian, you know, involvement. There was this, there was this, you know, but over four years, you know, an impeachment process did happen, but he was, you know, acquitted of that. And it, it turned out to be not true or, you know, depending on who you listen to or what you believe in or what your reality is. Um, and then when you look at it from the other side, here we are four years later, and it's the exact same thing, but just a different side saying it. Right. Well, I'm super glad you said that because I've kind of been calling out hypocrisy wherever I see it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's p- probably one of the biggest hypocrisies I think I've ever seen. Like, so I was like, I'm a middle of the road guy. And when the impeachment was going, I was like, can you just please show me some fucking evidence and then right. stop being a turd about it? You know, if you show me some real evidence, like, okay, I got gotcha. you. Then right. Trump should go. Mm-hmm. You know, and this time, like, if it was the election stolen, can you just show me some real evidence, please? So, like, I can, 
you know, believe you. I want to believe you. I believe it was stolen. I just need somebody to prove the shit. You know, it's like I've been saying a lot, like your little fucking Facebook videos and shit from some random passerby. That ain't going to fly, man. It's just not going to work in court, you know. But it's it's interesting. It's like the far left people were making baseless baseless accusations. And now the far right people are making baseless accusations. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to me. Um, Right. It's almost like you can't even be the middle guy anymore because when you try to be, you get bashed by one side or the other saying, oh, well, you're this or you're that. I've been thrown right. You're automatically can get labeled with whatever their you know term du jour is. Really, I told you, dude. Like, I got invited into those friggin' uh, Facebook groups, like hyper conservative Facebook groups. I mean, people just they just started popping up, and people would add you. Mm-hmm. And I just asked a simple question, like, "Can I get a little evidence here? Does anybody have anything real?" And they called me a fucking Democrat troll, like I was some insider, like you know what I mean, like trying to sneak in. And yeah, yeah it was weird. It's super weird. Um, <laughs> I'm just like you're nuts, man. Like, you know, I oh, mean, you're like the complete opposite of that. Here's the thing: it's like, dude, there's fraud in absolutely every election. I don't care what anybody says. Like, there's always going to be some some uh, what do they call them irregularities? It just is. It right. is. It is. It's it's that's that's been going on for hundreds of years in our country. For, you know, however long we've been like, casting actual ballots. You know, um, mm-hmm. right. It's it's wild to me. Like, everyone should be able to see that. It shouldn't be a partisan issue. And the biggest thing that I, I think why the right might actually have some like valid arguments is all these irregularities in most cases almost only ever go one way. And also like Joe Biden hasn't come out and his campaign has not come out and said like, Hey, I'm with you. Like, let's get to the bottom of all this, you know, mm, uh, sure. just riding that wave. Right. Um, so that's an issue for me. Uh, right, because the players behind the scenes are probably telling them, like, this isn't your fight. This is going to be the fight outside. You know, you're just going to be like this, this, um, like a storefront. And everyone inside that store is one that's orchestrating everything else. Right. right. I just wish he would say, like, hey, voter fraud could potentially be a thing. Like, this should be a bipartisan issue. Uh, mm-hmm. But Biden hasn't said that. Well, for, all we, no, for all we know, he can honestly not know anything that's going on. And his advisors are probably saying, yeah, we're not going to say anything. Oh, dude, dude, I, Billy, I'm totally with you on that. I mean, if you look at how just generally flaky he is, I mean, the dude is old. Let's be honest. Like, he's pretty old. He's far more fragile than he once was. If you think he doesn't have handlers, you're crazy. I don't care if you're the biggest Biden supporter out there. He has to. There's no way that, you know, he just isn't zippy like that anymore. You know, he doesn't have the pep to. I'm sorry, man. The, he is the leader. You know, he could potentially be the leader of the free world, and the guy can barely get a whole sentence out. That's fine. Yeah. He has some political, you know, uh, prowess, if you will. Obviously, he's got history, so it's it's one thing for people to elect him. But if you think that he doesn't have people like sort of propping him up, you're absolutely crazy. He, I mean, he's just he's you know, any president who's 80 would have that. I don't care if you know what they're on or what they're. Right, yeah. well, who knows? Like. Yeah, he's got it. Jill Biden is handling him and all, you know, all these other people. Like, it's obvious, man. So I don't, I don't, but I don't have a problem with it. It's just because that's who they, you know, if you put him up there and you want to get him elected, you, you better help him through it. You know, I mean, I feel bad for the guy because honestly, half the time I think he, he may actually have, you know, some dementia or something that, you know, early onset type stuff. And, what a weird way to like finally be the guys ran for president fucking three times. Like what a weird way to finally become president, you know, now that you've got dementia and you're not even going to know what's going on. Like that, that sucks. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, he may not know. And if it, if it was like, you know, 
like legit voter fraud, it's it's totally possible you'd have no fucking clue. Right. I mean, why would you want the guy? He's not going to have his hands aren't going to be dirty on that. No, no way. I mean, even if he even if you knew about it, right? Because I mm-hmm. think it's fair to say you could go into any election and know that there's going to be fraud. Everyone knows that. I think they've always known that. So, I mean, really, if you if you want to say that, Trump would be uh, complicit in that as well. Uh, I think it's just, you know, I just want to see more than, like, Facebook videos, man. It's, you know, this, yeah. this one, this uh, State Farm Arena one that came out of Atlanta would, would be the most telling to me, I think. It's real CCTV footage. You know, this did you, Melissa, did you hear about this? Like, the, it, no. on election night, they said a pipe burst, right? It was actually mm-hmm. it was sort of like a lot of people were talking about it, like some kind of pipe burst, so they were going to slow down counting. Uh, but they've never found any like cooperating evidence. Like, there's no work orders. There's no uh, people who've gone to like said, yeah, hey, I actually came to like fix this pipe, right? And then so the footage shows like a lot of people being ushered out of the arena, and then people staying back and pulling out suitcases of ballots. Mm. The legally casted ballots don't show up in suitcases. You know, what, you know what I mean? Like, so this is real security footage. It's not, you know, just some random person who decided to do their civic duty and like drop in on a poll. Uh, this is real stuff. So if, I mean, I'm again, I'm trying not to pay attention to it because no court has validated that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just shit that people are talking about on the internet until you get a court to actually look at it and say, this is substantive enough to where it's actually going to hold up in a U.S. court, you got nothing, man. You're, you're just throwing out statements that are baseless with a 50-50 shot of them being true. And I, for me, I just, I, I like Trump, and I wanted him to be president. I voted for the man. I'll just put it out there. But, <laughs> like, the American way doesn't, doesn't uh, allow for you just to keep fighting for the guy because you like him, right? Like, at some point, right. if the other guy won, you need to just get, get on with it. So, right. Well, I mean... I- as everyone knows, there's a process to doing these types of things through courts. And that one dude who posted on your uh, your one post or commented on your one post was saying how what they're probably doing is showing as little information as they can to these smaller courts so that it can get denied or thrown out. And then they can appeal to higher courts all the way up until the Supreme Court, and which is where they're going to just drop a bomb on everyone. Okay, so maybe that's Maybe that's the plan. I don't know. That's the, one of the most soundest theories in regards to this election as far as his actual legal battle, but that still doesn't mean that he's actually got right. a, a real chance of overturning it, right? Um, yeah, but there was another thing my buddy brought to my attention, and I think I've mentioned it a couple times. Like, So on like 20 of November, there was some kind of memo put out, and I'm not sure if this is a normal thing or if you know how it is, but the justices were sort of like realigned. I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if they're regionally based. I, I need to do some more research, but um, the four most conservative judges are presiding over states that are swing states and currently being litigated by the Trump team. So, I mean, it's kind of awkward that this memo came out all of a sudden in November 20th where all these, what, what you would assume are pro-Trump justices are presiding over the same states where he's got these legal fights that are potentially going to get pushed to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean, it's kind of a, kind of a sneaky big deal. <laughs> like, if it, you know, I mean, because I, I just can't see how that would be anything other than, like, uh, in the works, you know, or in the plans. Like, hey, yeah. obviously Trump, you know, has a conservative-leaning court. So wouldn't you want that aligned to, to help you potentially with your election? I mean, I think it, it sort of makes sense. Mm-hmm. But... Again, like it's taking it's 
man, I think this is going to scar our election system forever. This is way worse than just a simple recount in Florida or whatever, you know, in 2000. Like, that's all any uh, uh, that I remember. That's all anybody was really talking about back then was just a simple recount. Mm-hmm. Right now, this is like this is a whole nother level. Like, um, and I, I'm still just so mad because, like, we're we're I've said it before. Like, we're supposed to be this like friggin' beacon of freedom. We go out and tell people how to run a democracy. And we can't do this shit ourselves. Like, it drives me nuts, man. I don't know. It's really, really bothering me. You know, really bugging me. Like in the the idealist part of me, like it really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's wild, man. I don't. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, it's just you like know? well, if you, it depends on how deep you want to go. I mean, we could go all the way back to just just all the way back to the fact that we fought for our own freedom in this country, right? Like mm-hmm. people have been dying ever since to maintain it, and part of that has been like projecting that idea across the world, and we can't maintain it ourselves. Like it's kind of sad. Man. It really is. But maybe I don't know why why it affects me so much or why well, that, I don't know that, why it bothers me so much. That goes to the whole mentality of do as I say, not as I do. Right. Well, again, yeah, it goes the the hypocrisy of all this. No, I'm not perfect, man. I've you know I try to say that every time. Everybody has like weird little isms, right? If, if anybody tries to say they've never done anything hypocritical in their life, I mean, they're just flat out lying. Like I think everybody does, right? We're not perfect, but um. Man, this one is just like a big slap in the face, you know. Uh, I don't know. I just I hope they get to the bottom of it, whatever it is. And and you know, Democrats in the past have said, "Hey, like we need to unfuck this," right? Right. Elizabeth Warren, Klobuchar, like these are prominent Democrat senators that have said, "Like, hey, these Dominion machines are fucked. Like, our elections are fucked." If you can spin this narrative that Russia can involve our, themselves in our election, you should probably fucking do something about it, right? And, and then if you're, and meanwhile, the whole time Trump is saying, well, the fucking thing is rigged, you know, people can cheat. Well, you should have been fucking doing something about it too, but everybody just sort of kept their hands out of it and let it go. Like, why would you let it happen? It's baffling to me. Um, that's just me. I don't know. But it's, it's like, it seems to me like, it's one of the biggest, coolest things about America, you know, that <laughs> apparently was supposed to make our country so awesome. And we just get, you know, you're telling me a couple hundred years removed of being a country, we still haven't figured it the fuck out. Right. Crazy. Nope. Man. <laughs> apparently not. I don't know. I mean, uh, the, the clock's ticking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Clock's ticking here. <laughs> like, I, don't, I think the Constitution, a lot of people said, well, the states or the Electoral College has to vote by X time. But like, as far as like when Trump's term actually ends is January 20th. So I don't really know what does that mean? Like even after the electoral college goes, does he still have a chance? You know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's wild times right now, but I don't know. I, I would say that I don't think Biden makes it longer than one term though. That is a good question though. So like, so like everything gets found out after the fact after January 20th. So do we just impeach Biden? Is that how it works? Well, I like that. if he was, if he was found that he was caught cheating or whatnot on well, a large I, scale, that would be unprecedented, Billy. There's no precedent for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you just fucking remove him and then reinstate the other dude? I mean, because <laughs> you know. So here's the deal. Like, let's say, let's say even let's say they prove in I don't know Pennsylvania that there was massive electoral fraud, right? But Biden still won the state, and they were. But if they're able to prove that it was totally fraudulent. They can just nix that whole thing and push it to the electoral people in Pennsylvania, and they have to vote party lines, right? So even if even if the counts were to still come out for Biden, but it was considered so corrupt they can't certify it, 
like Trump could still in theory win that thing. So mm. it automatically ba- basically like goes to Trump. So, I mean, do you just, do you reinstate it because he was the only other guy, you know, or do you have a whole nother fucking election? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if we've ever seen that, you know, I don't, I don't think we ever have. No, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know that there's a precedent for that or, you know, I have no idea. I think that would mean basically the Supreme court then would be choosing your president. And that's not what it was designed for. Right. So, well, if you guys watched beep, you would know that they actually go to the house and everyone votes. <laughs> yeah. So that's through the 12th amendment, right? I think. Yes. Yeah. I was just going to ask, like, so would Pelosi be the acting president until they figured out how to get Trump back into office and Biden out? No, I don't there is, there think is a, so. There's some other avenue where that is actually possible, where which, is, which is fucking super scary. Um, yeah. But I don't know that she'd basically be a lame duck, though, man. I don't think she'd really have, you know, she's a lame duck speaker right now. Like, there, there ain't shit that Congress could even really do. I don't, I mean. We're all just like it's crazy that the U.S. is just like stuck. We're just fucking stuck. Like we're in a mud puddle right now, and no one can get us out mm-hmm. until you know. I don't. I don't. I don't know until when. Uh, yeah. Crazy. I really don't know. I mean, we're, I think we're going to see some unprecedented shit one way or the other. Honestly, like I, you know, however you, however you shake. Well, it. this has been an unprecedented year. Yeah. 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 I'm, I just want it to be over, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I don't, I mean, just, you know, turning the clock one more day isn't, isn't just going to like, you know, like, I just, I don't know. It's not going to change. I've seen a lot of that. Like, oh, we just got to, you know, it's one more month. What do you mean? Like, then what? Yeah. It's that's not, a, a, that's yeah. an invisible benchmark. That's just like a mental benchmark you have for yourself or we've given ourselves on a calendar. It really doesn't yeah. mean shit. Like, I don't know. Right, it's not like January one COVID's just gonna disappear. Right, yeah. Uh, and all the other bullshit's gonna go away. I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. Did you see the have you what are what are your thoughts on the vaccine? Um well, I think it's great news. That's from my scientific little yeah. bit background. Um and you know, a lot of people like I've seen some people share in the video where it's like, oh, but their HIV has been around for, you know, the past 40 years and there's not a vaccine for that, you know, and then and there's the cold has been around and there's not a vaccine for that. And then there's, you know, cancer and there's not a vaccine for that. Those are all substantially different things. Like cancer is actually already in your body. It's just because your DNA, there's like certain proteins that aren't able to stop replicating. There's a coding error on your DNA. And a lot of it is like fed by sugar. Um, and then those other things like the viruses itself is just, there, there's different, like there's only been eight coronaviruses before, you know? So this being the new one, I think it's actually really interesting because of the high rate of transmission, because it can just like be, you know, aerosol, you know, can just live in the air and, you know, all that. I think it's good, but that's me. I'm the person that gets their flu shot every year. Yeah. <sighs> I'm with I get it. it if I remember to. <laughs> I'm with it. Like, I think they mapped it fast enough where it's feasible that they put this thing together. And they've right. been working on this shit for a long time. Right. And then, like, you know, some of the other differences, like HIV, it leads to AIDS, right? And then you have a disease. So the virus that actually infiltrates your body, it damages everything. And then you develop AIDS you don't always develop AIDS. It could be the same thing for here. You know, this virus damages your lungs. You get pneumonia. 
right? So if we think of it and it just, it's just like everything else, right? Like different things. Everybody's different. You know, you have an interest. I have an interest, you know, Billy's got an interest. I mean, there's all these like difference. So if you can't lump everything together, it's like saying apples and orange and oranges and apple. It's, it's all fruit. Yes. But it, there's a lot of differences in those little like bugs. Yeah. So I think it could be really good. I mean, I mean, I think people, it's been so long since we've had like the um, polio vaccine, smallpox that I think generationally we're so far removed from that. We don't understand that we have nearly eradicated some of these things. Yeah. And that's amazing that we did it with the technology back then. Whereas like we're looking at now and we're like, okay, well, it's, it's completely plausible that you can have a year of studying something 10 years ago. We, you know, it costs like nearly a thousand dollars to actually get your GNA or your DNA, um, you know, actually written out and coded and looked at your genes and, you know, looked at your ancestry and all this stuff. But here we are, it only costs $99 to do it now. So, I mean, really technology, we shouldn't be so, I don't know. I wouldn't say scared. I would say more people are apprehensive about it because they, they're just, it's like, you know, shun the non-believer. Well, the, the, all the conspiracies that are attached to these to this damn vaccine too. So like yeah. people thinking like a microchip is going to get put into you or whatnot. So here's, here's my thing, man. Like I'm fine with your vaccines. I'm not anti-vaxxer. I'm not necessarily like mandatory vaxxer either. I think it should be a personal choice. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, I don't want some motherfucker to give me like some shot card and shit. Like I carried that motherfucker around as we all did in the military. You know, yeah. I don't, that now that I'm a free ass fucking civilian, I don't want that. Um, I don't want to be told I can't work if I don't have right. a vaccine. And I, you know, I don't want, um, there's some stuff like, I mean, depending on how you look at some of these things that I feel could really start to set a poor precedent for how we interact with our, our personal health and our civil liberties, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't want people looked at as fucking lepers, you know, I don't, right. want, I know there was probably some, you know, take the HIV thing. Um, COVID is getting that kind of stigma, you know, mm-hmm. people, people who get COVID are like viewed as fucking lepers and shit. Like people, you know, right. it's weird. And we're talking about a virus that most people walk away from, but they're still treating them, you know, really awkwardly be, just because of the narrative of it. Right. And so we peel back that layer. And what is the root cause of that? That is because the push of the media to invoke fear in everyone. Exactly. And I, but I, but I'm, what I guess what I'm saying is I don't want all these weird attachments that come with it to ease all that. Like it just shouldn't have been a thing. You know, it should be a thing. I should be able to go to the doctor or my doctor and tell him, Hey, just like any of the other fucking problems that I would have, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and talk to them. It's like, it's like with COVID HIPAA is not a fucking thing, you know, like, like, hey, well, I would think like I would think um, talking about someone's vaccinations or what they've had or haven't had is sort of a HIPAA deal, right? I mean, it's right. I don't know. I mean, so I get where people are like frustrated and and scared or or annoyed with what type of government kind of overreach we're going to see with mm-hmm. this. But at the same time, like I'm happy as hell that they got you know some kind of vaccine out, man. I want my kids to be able to fucking play sports, and I want them to right. without having to worry about this weird shit, like you know. I, my kids are sort of mixed with it, right? Like they're not really afraid of it, but they also don't want to put other people at risk mm-hmm. if and when they get it or any of that, you know? So, man, it's like there's, we're all kind of in a position where you got to make some 
tough decisions, even if it sort of violates your own personal belief on certain things, you know? Right. How long do you think until we get to the point where no one cares if you got a COVID vaccine or not? So like now people say, did you get the flu shot? And you say, no, no one cares. No one bats an eye. Well, I don't know, but I mean, that's, that's when science, when science or the media starts coming out and saying, well, we've, you know, we're estimating that 70% or more of the population has either had COVID or been vaccinated for it. Because then you have herd immunity, and if, if you should happen to get it, the other people around you aren't nearly as at risk. That's right. the whole that's that's the whole herd immunity mentality. And even my friend Colton that came on here talked about that, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's an epidemiologist, and he talks about herd immunity and all that stuff. And you have to get to like seventy or more percent or something. I can't remember what the percentage is, but it's a, that's why the anti-vax um, movement is scary to a lot of people because those things that you talked about that we almost eradicated, Melissa, like they can come back, you know, like these things can resurface. And if you don't have enough yeah. that herd, herd uh, immunity, like they can, they can resurface. So that's, you know, I don't know, but I, that, those things take a while. Those are, those are, you're talking, I think generations. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, fuck man, people in 2021 who have babies, their kids may be born and, getting that as a part of a series of their shots and shit, you know? So right. Who knows? I mean, well, I don't want to see people's civil liberties and shit get fucked with over all this though. They already are. It's going to happen. I mean, airlines are going to tell you, you can't go on our planes until you have a vaccine card. And then what are you going to do? I guess every vacation is going to be a road trip. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to play that, play that fucking game where, um, it's sort of like situational, right? Mm-hmm. Most people agree you shouldn't be running around saying fucking bomb on an airplane, right? Right. <laughs> Most people are going to agree they don't want to get fucking COVID from recirculated air on an airplane. So people are going to make for make allowances. And that's my point, though, man. It's like it depends on how much of an idealist are you? How far mm-hmm. do you want to take all this stuff? You know, um, it's like, you know, we said we used to say before, give me Wuhan or give me or give me freedom or give me Wuhan. It's like. You know how much how much of your your personal freedoms are you willing to give up for a little health and security? I mean, you know, you're play you're going back and playing with some of these age old ideas. Um, but I mean, polio was nasty. You know, mm-hmm. it was fucking people up bad. I don't know what you know. I don't know what the general society's psyche was about polio, but a lot of people got fucked up from that. So I'm sure they made some uh, concessions, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. 250,000 people have died. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like based on population, it's not, it's not a huge number really, you know, but still that's a lot of fucking people, man. It just depends on how you're looking at it. Marcus. Sorry. Yelling at my kid. <laughs> go get me, buddy, go get me one. It's in the garage. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. You know, I just think there are definitely, you know, Billy, I know you want to go to a concert. I know you want to go that, you know, like, you, I would be willing to bet if, if they said take this vaccine and you can go to Sao Paulo for NotFest, I would do it. I would do it for that. Wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, because it's there's these are the things that, you know, what do we value more? You know, that's the, I, I value fucking normalcy in my life, man. And this is anything but normal. And, it, and fuck you if you call it the new normal. This is not right. normal. The shit we're doing is not normal. I don't think it would last. So like, I think, you know, we're going to look back on this like two years from now, three years from now, look back and be like, wow, that was kind of crazy that we had to live through that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think we're going to say, man, I can't believe we allowed 
those people to tell us to do this shit either mm-hmm. on either side, either spectrum. Right. I think a lot of people in Florida are going to be like, Holy shit. We were really loose. You know, like DeSantis is wide the fuck open. Right. right. And then I think a lot of people in LA are going to be like, man, I can't believe we voted for a, basically a fucking dictator who right. didn't even follow his own mandate. That's the real fucked up part too. Is like right. those motherfuckers, like they should resign, dude. They really should. Like, yeah, it's quite embarrassing, but I think with those, you know, high, like ingrained blue state, there's nothing that's going to change that state to make it red. I think that that's just, they're happy with that common blue guy up there. He can do whatever he wants. And that's the part that's like really kind of scary and sad. It is pretty wild how they're willing to overlook that. Like I can honestly say if, if, if my, even like there's a shitload of people here in Utah that are way pissed off about how governor Herbert, has been handling COVID. Like he has definitely made a lot of concessions, what you would consider more um, left leaning or liberal sort of concessions. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are pissed off about it, but you know, it's, it's the end of his term. So what does he care? That's, you know, at the same time. So I don't know. Um, You're right though. But, uh, but even if, even, even with that being the case, like uh, hardcore Republicans are still going to, they're still going to vote for people like that here in Utah and they'll just ignore it. They'll bitch about it, but they'll ignore it. That's just the, the state of it. And I think that's the same in these left-leaning states. Like, it's so fucking tribal. You know, no one, they're just going to be like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, that's fucked up. It's shitty that he did that, but oh, well, you know. Meanwhile, the fucking small business owner is getting crushed. Oh, yeah. Absolutely getting destroyed, you know. Um, it's sad, man. I feel terrible for these families. Like, I, I don't own a business, but I've just in the tiny little shit that I've done, with the with trying to do these little podcasts or like even just the golf tournament, any of this stuff, like these tiny little things, it's frustrating to to invest parts of yourself. I can only imagine what it's like for like a small business owner who took all their savings and put it into a business and lost it because yeah. some fuckstick won't let more than six people in your restaurant or whatever. Like you know, and it's and and we and the worst part about it is we live in a free country where people are supposed to make those decisions for themselves right like as a state i understand like government has a place to tell people hey think about this as how you operate that's fine but as far as patronage people that's on them you know totally on them if if this restaurant you love isn't safe enough don't go to it right i don't understand what happened like why why did we get away from that you know um that's and i think Looking like you said, Melissa. Though, like looking back on it, I think that's the part that's really going to mess with people. Is, oh yeah, is, you know, we have definitely we sort of agreed to this like fourteen day flat. Remember that fourteen yeah. day flat in the curve, and <laughs> once we once we agreed to that, I think it went it went way south. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know. Obviously, yeah, it wasn't numbers- just like it wasn't just like give us give me an inch. It was like give me a mile, and I'm gonna take seven hundred and three. Yeah. Billy, so I think it would be more in your face. Like when I drive around town, I don't see like boarded up businesses and shit. I, I'm not seeing that kind of stuff yet. Are you at all? No. I would just think like in in Queens or Long Island or any, you know, just more. I'm not trying to be a dick, but a more highly populated place where there's a lot more businesses, I think would be more prevalent, right? Like say one out of three or one out of four. I haven't seen much here, but again, in Utah, like we don't have a ton of mom and pop shops. We have a lot of like chains, you know, mm. things they can survive. Yeah. So I don't, but I, I mean, I haven't necessarily heard about 
like these tiny small businesses can, I, mean, I know they're out there. I just haven't seen it yet. I mean, what about you, Melissa? Have you seen anybody like, do you know of anyone who's been shut down over this? Yeah. I, a handful um, of places, especially um, like wineries, small wineries, yeah. like that we are like, there are customers, we sell grapes to them. So there is a couple that I saw, like one had closed at the end of October, just couldn't maintain it was a small family winery, you know, they maybe make like a thousand cases a year and now they're closed, but they've been in business, you know, for 20 years and now they're done. Um, there's a couple of restaurants around here, like a yoga studio, um, just a couple of places that are all, oh God, like a lot of the gyms are just saying that they're wellness centers now. So that way they can keep operating when in the state of Washington, um, which is interesting to you because I've seen a lot of traffic where gyms are not like a high, you know, transfer rate. But yet all the gyms are closed and the highest transfer rate is like some of the restaurants, but still you don't really get a lot of that information. You don't really see. And I, this is interesting too. Have, are you guys, your States have a COVID contact exposure notification yet? Oh, uh, we might. On our phones, there was an update last week and it's an exposure no- notification for. Uh, well, yeah, I do have that. Yeah. So for Washington state, yeah, my phone's active. I think I turned but, shit off though. I'm not gonna, <laughs> where, do I, where do I find this to see if I have it? So if you go into your settings, let's all do this. Okay. So go into your settings. Um, this is for iPhone cause I don't have anything else. I'm not sure about, okay. Yeah. So, There's nothing else. I know. Right. Um, okay. So scroll down a little bit. So under the general, don't hit general, but under that little segment, mm-hmm. you're going to see it's privacy is at the very bottom battery and then exposure notification. Oh yeah, look at that. Oh, nice. What the fuck? Oh, it is on. Yeah. So oh, in mine depending on off. region, so mine's on, um, and I have availability alerts, and then share COVID diagnosis, and then yeah. So my phone's active, and my active region is uh, Washington State Department of Health. Yeah, mine's not on. What the fuck, dude? I'm gonna turn mine on now just to see how oh. fucked my area is. Let me let's come a little full circle on this shit. You're telling okay. me that iPhone Apple can fucking send out a worldwide tracker on contact tracer on a fucking phone update and we can't count ballots? Like that's <laughs> what we're saying right now. <laughs> Seriously, think about how ridiculous that is though. Honestly. How and maybe that's who should be like in charge of that kind of those systems. I mean I'm just saying. The fact that they can sneak that shit in on an update and most people don't even know it. Yeah. It's baffling to me. Yeah. But we can't count a fucking ballot. I mean, that's that's my biggest problem with all this. But anyway, it's like, yeah. I mean, man, COVID is fucking wild, dude. It's going to change a lot of stuff. Actually, I think in the end, I'm a still I I try to be a silver lining kind of guy, and I think a lot of good is going to come from this. I mean, Billy, you're going to be a benefactor of it. I think um people not having to necessarily work in an office all the time, sure. right? Like people were saying, oh man, I need a mental health day. Well, not anymore. You can work from home. Yeah. Have you your dog right next to you. Exactly. You got like your therapy dogs and shit at home. Like I don't, I don't want to work all the time from home, but I would enjoy a couple of days where maybe mm-hmm. I, could, I could work a little bit, help my wife, or I could extend my work day, like do a couple right. hours, you know, take a break, do a couple, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think, uh, businesses that have survived this are going to find how much more efficient they always could have been. I think right. save a lot of money and overhead. Um, I think people are going to be more cautious, just generally speaking, for a period of time about what they handle. Like, I don't know, i.e. money. 
Money is mm-hmm. one of the most disgusting things we we handle all the time. Yeah. You know, I don't want to I don't want to see us become a cashless society, but at least we're going to be a little bit more aware of what we're doing. Um, maybe a little bit more aware of the people we're around, who we're around, our personal hygiene, like you know, all these things. It's almost like sort of a slap in the face kind of reminder. So in that regard, wherever this thing came from, you know, there are there is going to be, you know, some benefits to it. I think. But yeah, I think time will tell on what, what that, how that materializes, you know? Yeah. I worry about some of the restaurants, you know, so Western Washington, you know, so like the way Washington's kind of set up is that in one third of the state, that's where you have the Cascade mountain range and Puget Sound. And so that's a really mild area, rainy gray. That's what you think of Seattle. Right. right. Um, and so over in Eastern Washington, it's dry, high desert and cold. So just, I think it was like two weeks ago, Governor Inslee, our governor, he changed everything so that there's no indoor dining again, um, which is fine, whatever. But so now what we're seeing, though, is that we're seeing places having to spend money on heaters, you know, some type of, you know, walled tent kind of structure, but maybe not a whole walled structure. But it's cold here. You know, the past three days, it's been in the 20s. No one's eating outside. Yeah. they're Well, I've seen some of these like, friggin' shanties these restaurants are throwing up just to survive right yeah that's what they're they're doing it just purely in survival mode they're basically going to home depot buying lumber and building fucking sheds off the side of their place and calling it outdoor dining so you're right right. and then they'll get they get those big industrial heaters to throw under there yeah i mean hopefully there's no asphyxiation situations happening there so this this exposure app or Uh notification thing made me download the new york State okay. Department of Health app. That's well. That's probably how New York is handling it. Yeah. Total te- total persons tested. Oh wow! You get a lot more information on yours. Nineteen thousand eight hundred ninety-four as of December fourth. That makes sense in his area, though. Tested positive yeah. eight six one. So about half, right? Oh, eight hundred sixty-one. Eight hundred sixty-one out of nineteen thousand eight hundred ninety-four tests. Oh, I don't know. I went to eight thousand in my head. I'm, 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 maybe that was just. An oh, I guess we do have like some. We had to actually connect to the website for us. They have a link. Ours you, is a live I mean, link. here's here's my question. I wonder, does it does, so? Like, if you're walking around, let's say, let's say you go walk, you know, down in your little town, whatever town you're right. If you go to the little downtown, every town has a little downtown. Let's yeah. say you walk down that road. Are you going to get like a notification? Whoop, you've just been exposed to COVID. Yeah. How does, it yeah. says so. Well, you're in the proximity. So it says in here, um, receive a notification of exposure notifications are available in your region. So if it's available, any place where I was walking with my phone, it pings off other phones. So that relies on people saying, yeah, I was COVID positive? Right. Yes. Yeah, like mine says, closeness sensing and COVID alerts are active. Wow. So this is in, how the exposure notifications work. Your iPhone uses a Bluetooth to keep a log throughout your day. Yeah. Dude, I don't think I could live that paranoid. And then people can report that they have COVID-19. And they report it anonymously. Yeah, anonymously. For, one, for one, I don't feel like people have killer integrity like that. No. Because you know those motherfuckers are going to want a Big Mac at some point. They're going out. They're getting that shit anyways. They're going to throw a mask yeah. on, and they're going to go get them a Big Mac. Right? But I don't want to live that paranoid, to be honest. Like this for us, like so. I'm I'm under ten day quarantine right now. We were exposed to COVID, right? My oh kid, my gosh! My kids go to school, and that's where it came to us from. 
Mm. I haven't gone and tested. I can't get tested because you have to, from your day of exposure per our like district, our school district's rules, they got to wait 10 days and then get tested, right? To, for whatever, you know, so we're going to wait. So, but I don't want to, I don't want, I mean, think of, think of it, dude. If my phone pinged me every five minutes, you'd never, you'd never be able to like start that clock. I don't, I'm, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, so did you look at the exposure log? Exposure no, checks. Okay. So this, so this is under your exposure logging status. So then you go into your exposure checks and does your face ID. And then I have like in some days there's, I think usually about four to five times it will do an exposure check. So basically caches the data, hmm. which is really interesting. So I have checks ever since November 30th, two on November 30th, um, like five on the first. And I took a couple of days off work. And so those days are still pinging, even though I'm at home. So if, I'm pretty sure my husband has his off too, because he couldn't, you know, give left, left, less fucks on that. But that's taking up data too. So you can delete your exposure log too. Okay. So, so fill me in. Have you been exposed? No, it says no, there's nothing. Huh. That's, I mean, it's kind of fascinating in a way. Yeah. But it's also really frustrating. Like, I just can't live that paranoid, man. Man. I just, I don't want to, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so now that I've known, like, we're trying to, we're, we're doing the right thing. You know, like, it was a confirmed case. Like, the kid's grandmother got it. Then the kid tested positive. She's asymptomatic. We're doing the right thing. We're not gonna. Yeah. We're not gonna go out. We're gonna quarantine for the. They just adjusted the quarantine. If you're asymptomatic, ten days. Ten days just do it. Ten days. I can yeah. give them ten days. Right. I'm fine with that. I'm gonna do the right thing. Yeah. But I couldn't. I just. I can't imagine being. Dude, I can't fucking let, not look at my Facebook app when I get a notification from it. Right. You're telling me that I couldn't. I'm. I'm gonna be able to like maintain my shit from exposure list on COVID. <laughs> oh, you know. So. Yeah. No, man. I might have to play with this thing later. It's kind of interesting. I kind of want to go walk by someone that I know has COVID, but I don't know anyone that has COVID right now, and I want to see it. I just want to know what the hell happens, right? Yeah. What What happens when it's positive? I mean, is there going to be like an alarm blaring? Danger! 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 You know. Right. Get back six feet. Get back six feet. (laughs) Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Like I, I very much appreciate like what it is and what it can do for people. But it's, we- it, it is, it's definitely a little weird, you know? Yeah. But I mean, for, it's a lot, you know, for people who I think the people that it's going to be the most impactful on, I would say are the high risk population types or the people that actually have to go out into the world, you know, often yeah. and every day, depending on their, like, like a truck, tra- a truck driver, right. Or like a delivery man or someone that's like, you know, a delivery driver for, well, you know, yeah, these, these Uber are Eats. the people that have proven to keep their, keep our country flowing when the rest of us are staying home and they're, but they're crossing boundaries constantly. Yeah, absolutely. Like there, I, like our friend James, there's no way he knows exactly what's happening in every town and city that he goes into. There's no, not never, at all. You could never keep up with that. You just couldn't. So, no. I mean, for him, it probably makes sense. You know, for um, people who have comorbidities, it probably makes sense. You know, this is not a time that those folks really want to be taking risks. Um, Cause if you get it, you're, you're done. I mean, that's what the numbers tell us, right? right. The average person is probably going to walk away from it just fine. But if you have a comorbidity, you're screwed. 
I mean, I just, yeah. Uh, but for the everyday person who is generally healthy, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to know every 30 seconds that I'm in some COVID friggin' hot zone, you know? I, it would right. just, I think it would just fuck with my head. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting, too, because, like, um, I, when I first saw it, it could be something like, you know, like the um, registered sex offenders. Why does that pop up on my phone? That could Give me a heads up. Dude, I, that would fuck with me, too. Like, oh, shit, <laughs> I, got, I got my kid. You know, all these little red dots start poking around. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, dude, if you've ever looked at that shit, like, and run your address or something, like, it's fucking creepy. It is really weird how, you know, these what's going on around you that you don't even you're not even aware of oh yeah and that's that's my other thing right we don't do this for all the other weird shit that's floating around that we could get yeah like like i know that this one is sort of new and unprecedented and we don't know much about it i got it but you know there's so many other weird little bumpy thumpy things in the night that could fuck our world up and we don't you know we don't get notifications for it on our cell phones like uh you know are they going to start doing that for people who like have fucking herps you know like right. these and shit are we gonna start tracking all that you're gonna get a you're gonna get a notification on your phone like you know i don't know that's uh, weird man yeah you're right though because i think i think iphone does have like the amber alert thing too yeah so yeah. But, yeah like why doesn't it have like sex offenders on here like as soon as they sign up it you should get an alert on your phone Ooh. bing yeah. hey by the way your new neighbor is this this and this and like, yeah, oh, like if you're, so I, the way they normally like you can search it and i don't know if it's like the you know there would be like a radius on it so it'd be like the confines of your township whatever your address is in yeah tell you like where you reside but that doesn't help you if you spend the majority of your time outside of that town right mm-hmm. right like, i don't know man wild it's weird i mean I just like there's no there's you know where does this go you know where do we stop it we're we're uh, personally, my brother and I are confused at the whole thing because he has asthma. It's not good asthma. I guess there is good and bad bad asthma. He has bad asthma and he got through COVID fine. Well, you guys, you guys are also you you also have um, you're from Brazil, mm-hmm. of like not not immigrate not an immigrant of Brazil, but of more traditional or I guess native Brazilian heritage, right? And and the numbers say that you should be disproportionately affected by it. You should have been worse. Like, so you, right? Latino males, exactly. Yeah. And and if you have the, I don't know what your blood type is, but so like, APOS, exactly. Okay, so you're you're a prime candidate for it. Latino male APOS. The numbers say you're disproportionately affected by it, right? So um, and here I am. You haven't even got it. I know your. You, I know your brother was touch and go for a minute, wasn't he? I mean, uh, it wasn't. He, I don't like, think he. Well, he his fever never went above a hundred. He had like one or two days where he felt like he had a bad flu, but that was it. Yeah. Same thing. Birdman was telling us. And then my brother in law. My yeah. brother in law was like tits up for two days. Like he was hard down. He said, you know. Yeah. And he doesn't share any of those uh, things with you guys. You know, like he's a fucking regular white ass dude. Like general mixed heritage American, you know, I don't know what his blood type is, but you know, he was slept it off for two days. Like it was bad. He said it felt like shit, but you know, I got through it. So it is weird. Really, really weird. Um, hmm. How? Yeah. I don't, I mean, cause even the numbers that they give you, it doesn't always pan out. Right. So, I don't know. Well, I do think that like the treating of it is, has gotten remarkably better, you know, that's it. So you know how they were, throwing people on ventilators mm-hmm. 
I think they're, the as they look back on it, they're going to realize that they've actually killed a lot of people doing that. They shouldn't have done that. Yeah, that's oh, what boy. I. That's no, what no. I heard so ventilation in any capacity is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. If you're putting a person on a ventilator, even under normal circumstances, like generally speaking, you know they're probably not coming off it. So um, they were too quick, as it seems, to ventilate people with COVID. Right. Where there were some other ways they probably could have brought their respiratory stuff back on, but I mean, you know. It's no fault of any. You don't know what you don't know. There's no way to really, um, I don't know. There, I mean, there's just no way that some rant, you know, they could have known that right away when they started seeing COVID cases pop up. So, but I think they're going to realize that, yeah, they probably, um, they probably shouldn't have been doing that. And I don't, th- you know, did you notice that they don't, you know, like for fucking a whole month, like all Cuomo was talking about was ventilators, getting the ventilators, you know? I heard now he's accepting some vaccines. He doesn't say shit about ventilators anymore. No one does. No, yeah. no that's one, like dropped out of. You don't want. Yeah, it's like you don't actually want, Trump. Trump is the only one that still mentions it. Well, because he he is mentioning it because they, he got he galvanized companies to build them and mm. send them all over the country. Because I'm not saying that ventilators aren't still a viable thing, but it, it's what, like a last. They like were, a last. They were they were too quick to ventilate people. That's my. Right. Point. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't still have a shitload of ventilators, you know. And obviously. Um, if what Trump was saying about the national stockpiles is true, we didn't have any, so we need we need a lot more. Right. But Cuomo's taking vaccine, you said Billy. Yeah, I thought I saw an article pop up my phone saying that he's going to accept one hundred seventy thousand of them. That's which the- which is probably just going to go all to police and doctors and nurses. Yeah, so I haven't read it yet, but I got a I got like a county. Uh, vaccination plan for when it does come out it'll be different for everybody and, and that's yeah, i don't think that like just for an average person um you're not I gonna think, get it for a while yeah six nine months from now i it's think two sticks. it's two sticks for one and and, and two yeah. like you're not the average we're not at risk i mean we're not at high risk like yeah. odds are if you get the shit you're gonna walk away from it just fine you want apparently i am you want your grandmother to get it though you know if you right. want her to hang around and have a normal life you should probably yeah. work on getting her the vaccine so all the people that are bitching about it, like, oh, you know, that's the other thing. It's like you're, you're not even going to see it for a while. You'll probably see like Gen 2, Gen 3 vaccine by the time right. it actually trickles down, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, man. And by then, you know, there could be just four different types of vaccinations available and ready. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of like what your insurance is willing to pay for. For sure. That's it. I mean, right. that goes back to what we, we talk about. We're so quick on the trigger with everything, too, though. Yeah. Like we've become like this, you know, society where we want instant every fucking thing. Right. And, it, and to go back to go back what Melissa was saying right now, it's just two companies doing it because they're trying to be the first ones to fucking get it out the door. But yeah, by the time everyone can get it, you, it might be 10, 15 different companies that, mm-hmm. start, you know, like, so I think England or the generally speaking, the UK was the, is basically the first to push it to the streets to get one approved for people, um, they beat everybody to it. So you'll see them like start vaccinating through their population of people and then overproducing and then shipping it out. So it'll, you know, that'll work too. Like you'll get batches of that throughout the country, but um, I'd, I would hope to wait until it's just a one stick deal. You know, I, I, when they, whenever they can do that, where I think a one stick deal will probably be like, you know, the probability, like the flu shot is only like 60% effective. Right, and it changes go, every year too. Yeah. Lots of people that go get the flu shot still get the fucking flu. Yep. Still, well, don't they guess? 
aren't there like 30 strands of the flu and they guess which strands to use to yeah. make like two or three different so vaccines? So what they do, um, so every year they look at hot spots and they'll look in several different countries um, that maybe don't have the best healthcare available. Mm-hmm. And so they'll look at hot spots. And so when they're looking at the hot spots, they're looking at the strains. And so they'll have like a mix of a strain and that strain, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's like 45 to 6% um, effective, but it's to like to reduce the length of the flu and the severity of it. Right. And so, well, yeah, every year that's how they look at what the flu vaccine is going to be. That's a product of having to chase a mutating strain. Every yeah. year. these fuckers adapt and mutate and all that shit. I mean, so that's, that's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's not, you know, you, it's just all in how you throw the stats around and you know, how, what perspective you want to view them from. So right. we'll see. I mean, I just, like I said, one way or the other, I just, I don't want this to be the new normal. You know, I want people to be able to get to sports games. And- Sorry guys. You know, Dude, look at this. See this? Oh, hold on. Wrong eye. See that? I got a fucking black eye and I don't know. What. Like, I think it came from my bully. I think she. Definitely. She, I think she. I don't know what she did. I think she thumped me. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> While you were sleeping, just stepped on your she, face. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I mean, she plays rough. I, I wrestle with her and stuff. She's a pup, you know, obviously. Yeah. She's a bull terrier. So, like, she's kind of oh. a ball. She's a ball muscle, you know? Yeah, those heads, man. Yeah, she can kind of throw her weight around pretty good. So, but, sorry about that. No, 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 no worries. I was like FaceTiming with my mom. She's like, "What's wrong with your face?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> I, I looked closer. I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like, she's got this random ass black eye. Like, like I said though, I'm I'm going through like a medication change and shit with the VA. So like, weird things are happening to me. Mm. And and so like, seeing aliens yet? Huh? Are you seeing aliens yet? I don't believe in aliens, but you know that. <laughs> no, I haven't. I, I haven't had any weird like so actually I, I just finished the taper like the, what they do like if you're on anything with the the VA they'll taper you mm-hmm. so I just finished the taper today so tomorrow I go full dose on the new stuff or, or not full dose but higher dose of the new stuff and uh we'll see you know what you know what I found fascinating like dude the VA is what it is man like I you know I, I'm fortunate to be part of a VA that's not like overwhelmed. Like they do a, a decent job with the resources that they have. Mm-hmm. But my doctor was like, Hey, we can give you this medication. That's going to help with like anxiety, depression and the, and nerve pain. Mm-hmm. Dude, I've been complaining about nerve pain in my back and my leg for fucking like five years. Wow. Waited this long to, to give me a medication that could possibly help me with all that shit. <laughs> like what, up. how'd we miss that? You know, Yeah. she was like, do you want to try it? I'm like, yeah, I want to try it. Like, Send me some. <laughs> right. If it, if it can help me, she's like, I'm like, if it can help me with all these things, like, what the fuck? Why didn't you ever mention that shit before? You know, it, it would have been worth a shot. It's just fascinating to me, like how, <laughs> like, maybe it wasn't approved yet or something, dude. No, because this is a pretty, pretty standard medication, man. This oh, okay. deloxetine or some shit. Like, it's normal. It's a normal huh. ad that you know people that have like moderate depression and anxiety and stuff like it would be a normal thing you know you probably see commercials for it all the time it was created i guess for you know how medications are created for a certain thing and then Mm -hmm. they find out that it helps with a bunch of other shit yeah it's one of those things right so this stuff was created with the idea that it would help with nerve pain and it 
it actually was found to help with all that other shit. That's good. I'm like, can we, could so it's like, hey, VA docs, can you guys like read someone's medical history and like key in on something like that, you know, for once instead of just like throwing darts at a dartboard? Like, yeah, fuck it, let's try this one. You know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, is that not a thing? I mean, I don't know. I got a shout out to my doc though. She's cool. She like, you know, she does what she can. And like, she's in a weird situation too. Like they're not allowed. Have you guys been to the VA recently for anything by chance? Oh. Or do you even have from a VA? Yeah. So they do like phone, like, like I thought I, they called me on the phone and said, Hey, you got an appointment at this time. And they forgot to tell me that it was over the phone appointment. Ooh. I'm like, how do you miss Oops. that? When that's, that's primarily what you're doing. What do you think? Everyone knows that it's over. I didn't know that. Right. So, so I go up there and the dude was like super helpful. And I learned that you can get paid every time you visit the VA, like for travel. Cool. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. I thought it was only the, the comps and pens. So for any of you out there that are going to the VA, um, you can get, you can get travel pay every single time. And also, um, yeah, she um, doc, is gonna find one. <laughs> my doc like was like, Oh no, I'm sorry. You know, it worked out because I want to having to go to the pharmacy anyways, but um mm-hmm. she's in a bad spot. Like, can you imagine being like one of those like psychologist people that are supposed to see people face to face and like evaluate how they're doing and not be able to do that and have to try to figure out like someone's mental state and stuff, like just purely over the phone? I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure these folks are good at what they do. They're doctors, but they, that's got to be hard. I don't think they're that good. It's like I'm. I for me, like I'm. I try to be as open and honest about this stuff, about how I'm feeling as I can, because I don't want to feel the way that I feel. But there's like a lot of people that wouldn't do that, you know. Like there's plenty of dudes that are like on the edge, but still too proud to like own sure. it. So if you're that guy, stop doing that shit. You know, I don't know. It's weird, crazy. Oh, I don't know, man. I'm just fortunate that it, you know, worked out. We'll see. Well, hopefully the new meds or the new dose works in your What's favor. You, do you know? Do you have any idea like why you don't have a VA near you? Do you is it a per capita kind of thing? Like, um, you know, know I think it's that out. I don't know how uh, they do that. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I don't have a VA. Like, I since I'm a retiree, I have the Tricare, and any retirees that happen to be listening, Tricare select enrollees. I thought you posted. You, yeah. Yeah, you do need to opt in and have a fee-based um, Tricare like select. Anyway, um, no, it's just so far. Like the closest one is up in Spokane. That's about two and a half hours away. There's a clinic in Walla Walla, and so my husband um, has actually gone there before. And, and I don't know if he's gone to the VA up in Spokane, but as far as like women's services, there's not a lot in. Eastern Washington. So it would be over in Seattle if I were to like have anything like a clinic or a hospital for anything for women's services. And so I just see a civilian doctor. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's an underappreciated resource now that maybe we didn't always have too, is like, it was pretty weird to hear any veterans talk about seeing civilian doctors. Like it was kind of, you know, if you had like actual as a retiree, maybe that's a little different, but like that's that and I don't know the whole thing, like not every vet can just walk into the VA and get taken care of. Like you can only, no. like, if you're, if you're like 10 or 20% disabled just for a bulging disc in your back, that's all the VA is going to see you for. For right. free. Depending for on, free. Yeah, for free. Right. right. So, I mean, it's a weird situation. Like people think like just because you served, you automatically get all this healthcare. That's yeah. not yeah. And then, you know, Billy, do you remember when they enrolled you in like, they're like, Oh, you get free healthcare for five years once you enroll because you're a combat veteran. 
Mm-hmm. You got a deployment under your belt. They're going to give you five years out of service or whatever. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not as all these people like that preach about the VA being so great. Like it's, it's not, it's not nearly what they think it is. You know, it's getting yeah. better. It's definitely getting better, but yeah, I'm a, I'm just a huge advocate of privatizing everything. You know, like when you create right. competition, like you create a situation where um, people are going to people, if they want to survive and be like, you know, sort of customer service oriented, they're going to find a way to get you the, the care you need yeah. the best bang for your buck. So I'm a huge advocate for that. I mean, I could, I see, I don't know, in, in regards to the healthcare, I see both sides of it, you know, because if it's government run, you could obviously get it out to more people, but it just, the quality goes down, you know? Right. Yeah. It does. I mean, just like the, when I called a go, so they all sent letters, you know, to change your TRICARE select. Um, Cause if you didn't enroll and opt into it, you automatically automatically went down to like a TRICARE select group A. And with that, you can only be seen at a military facility mm. and if there's room mm. and that would be it. And so, and then, then TRICARE would cover it. So opting in is important if you're not, if you're like me, where we don't have any kind of military, anything within, you know, 200 miles. And so when I called, you know, the really nice guy, you know, with the really thick, you know, country accent, he was like, well, our phone tree is down, so I can't transfer you to billing, but I can try to give you this number and then they can call you back. And I was just like, nope, is there a way that I can do it online myself? And he's like, well, you can do it in the automated way, you know, through the phone tree. And I was like, okay, great. So I did that. It, it took like maybe 10 minutes to do mine and my husband's, but the wait to talk to billing was 48 minutes on hold. Yeah. And so I was like, well, let's see how this automation goes. And it, it was actually a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. And, you know, like when you get out, you end up having like all these usernames and passwords for like, you know, yeah. well, and especially, I mean, for a retiree, like I have then all my retirement stuff too. So I have like 17 different usernames and passwords just to get into anything. that's just gonna be like, Oh, this is your retirement LES. And so for me, um, I knew I wasn't going to know my username or password to try to do it online by myself. That was five years ago. Um, And yeah, I was, couldn't get on a username or password and they wanted me to have my cat card. And I was like, shit, I haven't had a cat card in five years. Yeah. Yeah. What do you have? The blue one? You have the blue retiree, the blue Mm -hmm. in-depth retiree card. Yep. Like the ones we first got in boot camp. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> right. Until they made them cat cards. Our shit was yeah. green though, Billy. It was right. color coded, right? It was like the tan. The tan one uh-huh. was dependence. The blue uh-huh. one, was and the green one was active duty. I think. Yeah. Well, they had one for contractors too. I thought like a gray one or something. Yeah. I think yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I like because I'm back working like in a military government sort of situation. Like I, I have a cat card. Yeah. Well, all my VA stuff is like it's made way easier because oh. it's still it still all correlates. You know what I mean? So yeah. Cat card is money. Like. Oh yeah. Makes it way. Like I, when I retired, I was like, "This is this is the card that holds all the information where I don't have to remember everything, right. and it's going to be gone." You know, it was just so easy. Psh, there, done. Log in. Oh, yeah. so for all the vets too, like, man, the whole thing where it changed. Like, if you have a percentage you now have access to commissary PX, all that stuff. So get that, get that. Um, if you have a disability rating and it's, it's service related, you can get that medical card and that's what they need. Uh, no questions asked. They don't like they just scan that thing. And, and you all, basically all those privileges that you used to have, 
Um, you get them again. You can you can get military exchange access online with just right. a DD two fourteen, I think. Right. Oh, that's well, good. See, so there's a lot of things that people don't realize yeah. that they still get that. Um, I, you know, like my work wanted to do something for Veterans Day, and so my boss had me proofread the post for our work. You know, like, hey, bring your ID if you're a retiree, a veteran, active duty, reserve. And I go, most you know vets are not going to have an ID card. He goes, you guys don't just get one. I go, no. Like once you're out, you're out and you don't get it. Unless you're a retiree, then you'll have one or you're medically retired, you'll get one. Um, but for someone that was in for four years, for 10 years, for 18 years, they're not going to get an ID. You can get them now, but it's not heavily pushed. And he, right. you know, I think that's like a common, you know, misconception with like the general public is that every vet is a card carrying. I was in the military. It's just oh. not true. So some states will offer you the veteran status on your license. Now you can go through the VA and get a VIC card, which fucking takes forever, but it's possible, right? And then you can get that medical card. I've got, I'm, I'm talking three now. Yep. Uh, I'm batting a one. Yeah, they're batting a one. Um, but those are generally the most acceptable, you know, ways or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah I could imagine what it must have been like for like back in the day. Dudes would have to be like walking around with their DD two fourteen all the time. Like, you met, like, oh yeah. I mean, it, on recruiting duty, like I've literally seen, you know, 30 year old DD 214s, you know, guys coming in, like asking, like, how can I get a fresh copy of this? I'm like, this is the phone number. So I just, I, you know, we, we, I printed it, you know, ha- made sure all my recruiters knew where it was. So that way they could call the number to get a fresh DD 214 because theirs was so worn and tattered mm-hmm. that they couldn't do anything with it. People weren't taking it seriously. I'm like, this is how you get your new duty, t- new DD 214. Yeah, it looks people's birth certificates and shit. You know how tattered yeah. Yeah. The, the veteran ID card is supposed to be used in place of that. So right. like you have to give them copies of your DD-214 so yeah. they can give you this card. And then when someone asks for a DD-214, you could just be like, here, here's this card. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed to accept it as your DD-214 because it got verified. It's also still not necessarily generally accepted. Like the general public or places who want to see those things mm-hmm. haven't necessarily caught up with all that. Right. So it, right. it takes time. I've been, I've noticed now like it's all it's been pretty good especially with that medical card um, the, that the VA gives you like that's pretty that's pretty solid people tend to just accept that as you know, I don't know it's it's weird I mean what yeah it, like when I open my ID card or my wallet I have like twelve different ways to identify myself like yeah you know three three as a veteran one as a license one as a concealed carry permit like all that you know all that shit I hit. Mm-hmm. Like, here you go. Which one do you want? Like, I'll just hand them a handful of IDs. Take, take your pick. Yeah. But yeah, important. I mean, and you know, it matters though, because like for me, there's actually things that like I can't get unless I'm on base. You know, I could, it could be as simple as a certain type of alcohol that I want. Mm-hmm. Do I have to have it? No, exactly. Corona seltzers, perfect example. You can't find those in, in, in a lot of the stores um, around Utah for whatever reason. They're just not here yet, but I can find them on base. No problem. Uh, Bud Light, Bud Light seltzers in a liquor store here are like twice the price per can than if oh, I yeah. go on base and get them right. So it's crazy. Like, um, you know, Melissa, I can't find your wine out in like necessarily always out in the liquor stores, but I might be able to find it on base if you know. I don't know yeah. if, like what you if you guys have ever shipped to Afies or not, but I don't know. You know, I, I'm just using it as an example. Like, there's things in the commissary that um. The, the commissary is more appealing as a grocery store to a lot of different like backgrounds of people. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's like no shit produce, 
that I could find at the commissary that I can't find in other stores, like for my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's an Asian population typically, you know, around military bases. Yeah. So it matters, man. I mean, well, it, I pre-ordered my PlayStation five through the military exchange website and I was lucky enough to get one. And now people are like struggling just to even come yeah. close to getting one. No, like a thousand or more online. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We typically buy like big electronics through the exchange website. Yeah, that makes sense because it's tax free or whatever. I mean, they can yeah. deliver, they'll, they'll deliver it. Shipping's like, free. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, you're like, um, do you guys still have star cards? <laughs> like, I don't, yeah, I do. I, I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know. I I I don't remember ever shutting it off. I wonder if mine's even good anymore. Probably, you know. So here's a funny story. In 2018, I made I basically built a trip to go to Europe um, for three weeks. And so in January of 2018, I started planning this trip with my cousin or my aunt because her daughter was living in Amsterdam at the time and she Mm -hmm. worked for Nike. And so she had a three-year stint there. So I built that whole trip using my star card because there's military travel on that and you can use your star card. Right. Hmm. And the interest is like nothing compared to other cards. Right. And so I purchased tickets from us to go from the main tickets were Iceland Aaron. So we purchased through, I just used my regular card for that, but then hopping throughout like the different, you know, countries in Europe, we went from Amsterdam to London, London to Florence, Florence to Paris, Paris back to Amsterdam. And then I rented a car and I used that to, well, this is all like theoretically, right? Or I did do it, but I didn't get a go because my husband's aorta dissected the morning I was supposed to leave. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, um, so then we were supposed to go to Edinburgh and then come back down to Amsterdam. And that was three weeks, like and hotels were all through the star card. Um, they have this whole website, like you can set up everything. They have cruises, they have like massive tours that you can do. Like this is a 10 day, you know, tour to go to the Mediterranean and they set you up with like classes and all this stuff. That's all through the star card. That's cool. Yeah. I wonder if there's a way I can go online and see if my, I still have like an account. I'm sure. You yeah. Can. If you go into AFI's website, there's like a little up at the oh, top. You, it, nope, it will show the star card. Yeah, mm. I'll give you one back, Billy. So, I mean, you should, I'm actually, when we're done, I'm going to jump on and look. It's Christmas, yeah, I, it's Christmas time. <laughs> well, I ended up, uh, the insurance, the interest and stuff is substantially lower. Like, you know, th- that's one of the reasons why I dislike Christmas so much is like people wound up blowing out credit cards and like trying to you oh, know, yeah. over, you over, I think a lot of people do it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe some don't, I don't know, but um, I'm, I'm like a giving ass motherfucker. And if I can get some shit, I will. And I don't care if it costs me a shitload of interest, but like what I'm, what I'm getting at is like, there's a lot of veterans that probably aren't utilizing some of these things where they could actually, you're going to buy the shit anyways, save yourself some fucking money, man. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I, you know, the good news too, is that I had to call their credit card program because the day that I was supposed to leave, like I said, my husband woke up that morning, had chest pain. And so we went to the hospital and said, so I had to cancel all those that three weeks. Yeah. So roughly that was about $4,000. I got about like 3,200 back. Yeah. With the trips. I mean, that's unfortunate. Like, obviously yeah. like even when there's legitimate emergencies, like there's some stuff you're just not going to get back, but I would say 3,200 out of that's actually pretty, pretty good. Hell yeah. I mean, I'm talking about like, I had a woman working on my behalf through the star card program and she called these hotels in, you know, in Florence, in, you know, Scotland, in Iceland, all these places that I had booked and she called them and told them. And I even had a letter from the doctor saying that, you know, Jeff had went into emergency open heart surgery. 
I mean, it was just all like such a crazy mix of timing. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The story with your husband's aorta gets crazier and crazier every time you like elaborate on some details. That's nuts. Yeah. You know, that's wild. Yeah. He woke up at five o'clock in the morning, chest pain. He sat up and I said, what's wrong? And he goes, I don't know. I just feel a burning in my chest, like really bad heartburn or something. And I just didn't have a great feeling. And I was supposed to be on a plane in like six hours just to go to Seattle, right? To go pick up my aunt. And then we we're going to fly out and go to um, the first stop was Amsterdam or Iceland, if you will. Yeah. And I go, well, what kind of burning? He goes, I don't know. It's just not something I go, what did you eat last night? We talked about that. And he's like, I don't know what it is. So Monday morning, I was like, well, let's go to the hospital. I just don't have a good feeling about that. We got in the car. I was all like kind of a mess. We stopped at the fire department because he started losing like the sensation in his right leg. Wow. It was all numb. Stopped at the fire department down the road from us, knocked on a bunch of doors. No one answered. I was like, let's get in the car. I'll be able to get you to the hospital. It was like 10 minutes away. It got so bad that less than a quarter mile down the road, he made me pull over. We called 911. Um, an ambulance came, gave him the nitrous, you know, so it slowed his heart rate down. They're like, there's definitely some abnormalities. We don't know what's happening. You're not having a heart attack or something, but there is something wrong. Got in the ambulance. We went to the hospital, walked in at six o'clock in the morning. He started having the chest pain at five. And then at seven twelve, they were rolling him upstairs because his aorta had ruptured. Unreal. Yeah. Unbelievable. And if it happened a day later, you know, he wouldn't have went to the hospital on his own. The reason why I went to the hospital is I was like, we need to go. Yeah. Oh, man, like these little, that's like one of those events. Like I'm not, I, I wasn't always like a shit happens for a reason type of cat or like, I don't overthink things or I don't generally like, believe like you know the universe is like pushing shit you know i don't know i don't right. know what people right. i i was sort of a naysayer billy you know that we just did a whole episode on how much of a naysayer i am i listened to like, that yeah. but there's definitely like things where you're like holy fuck like yeah you know um honestly like if you would have went on that trip there's a good chance like your husband might have passed away no he would have i mean the doctor came and talked to me after he had the surgery because the surgery lasted about seven hours but they had complications at the end like he wasn't waking up so they kept him in, you know, the surgery recovery area and didn't take him up to ICU for like another three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by that time, you know, his mom had made it over, his daughters had made it over and my sister-in-law flew up from Vegas. And so we were all in the ICU and the doctor came and told me, he's like, you know, this is, you know, he came out of surgery fine, but he's, there's just, he's just not waking up and we're just a little bit worried. Yeah. Um, and he told me, he goes, I don't see people survive this. And, you know, if and where he goes, we're talking like just mere minutes if you guys waited because he had already ruptured and it was like he was losing massive amounts of blood because the top of like your heart's here and then the aorta comes down. And so his damaged the valve and split from that archway all the way down to his groin. And so since it's like a zipper, you know, this part was the worst and he was just bleeding out. Holy and that's what he saw. He goes, it, he goes, I don't I don't know how he I don't know how he lived. And even that night, he told me, he goes, he might not wake up because when we went and saw him, it's like eight, nine o'clock at night, you know, and he went into surgery at like seven. He, you know, had massive sur- or seizures, you know, and they don't know why he had seizures. Like wow. I went and stood next to his side and he was just like, you know, seizing like uncontrollably. And they didn't know why they didn't know what was happening. They had a neurologist there. They had the thoracic surgeon there, mm-hmm. cardiologist, everyone was there and they couldn't they didn't know why. And they said, if he makes it through tonight, then that's good. But we don't know what's going to happen. Well, unreal. I mean, I've had like a couple little things happen recently that, um, not nearly as big as that, but 
like that make I don't know. Billy, I don't know. Maybe I'm becoming a bit of a less skeptic. I don't know. I, I thought my story I thought my story was fucked up until I heard that. Like damn because <laughs> I was supposed to go to Mexico for like five, four or five years ago when I was jaundiced. I was just yellow everywhere, looking like a Simpsons character. Mm-hmm. And no one knew why. We were supposed to go to Mexico. I ended up in the hospital and they were like, Yeah, you have stones in your bile duct blah. And so like my liver was pushing out all the nasty shit that it was oh, supposed my God, to your, your whole yeah. system. Yeah. But that sounds a lot worse. <laughs> Yeah, I was just gonna say I was yeah. gonna, I was gonna quit doing all this shit, and then my my nonprofit came back. Like, yeah, you know, like that. How simple is that? Like, but. it's just a, a sign showing you. I mean, sometimes it's great to get that. You know, like I know you say that it's nice when you get the text and you get this reaffirmation. You know, yeah. but that's something outside of us, tangible that you got back to kind of like give you that with them again. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I was ready to like. Cause you don't know when that's going to come back. I was ready to like dial it all down. Like I started making texts and like canceling some stuff and everything. And like, and then the letter came, I'm like, Holy shit. Like I can't, I can't not now, you know, mm-hmm. or even just the other day, like I just like woke up randomly at like two thirty or three in the clock in the morning. Like, and I was up and like, I couldn't, you know, I like, I didn't really have any reason to be awake. I was just awake, but a kid reached out to me and wanted to talk, you know? Like, oh, wow. Or like I made a comment on a post or something, which indicated to him that I was available. Right. Right. So right. And then we talked, we talked for like the better part of an hour, like to work on some stuff. You know, it was, it's just like, it's wild, wild. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It was almost like you were saying what you were saying. And then, then you get that text from the post office saying, no, no, <laughs> yeah. you ain't canceling shit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. You want to, sometimes there's, you know, when little things like that happen, like you, it's, you know, you just, I feel like to, it, I, again, I'm not a huge believer, but to ignore it uh, is not okay. In my opinion, like, I feel like you just got to roll with it when it, when it comes, mm-hmm. I'm going to. So, yeah. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's end it out here. Well, uh, that's my positive. I, I'd like to end positive, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a fucking legit nonprofit. One swing is a federally recognized nonprofit. I never, ever thought that was something I would do, but it, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. That's, That's it. awesome. Yeah. And I'm super excited to, yeah, it just gave me the motivation to get going again. So That's good. That, that letter, uh, that letter was pretty, pretty cool. One of the best pieces of mail I ever got. Cause it's usually bills and stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, you got anything? Um, let's see. Oh, I got the label proofs for the wine that I made for my school. Nice. So, so that has been ordered. Labels have been ordered probably in a bottle, maybe next month and hopefully be out by spring, maybe March, April. How would you, so how would you assess your season? I know you're in your slow time. Was it a good season or? Yeah. You know, it was really interesting. We didn't take in as much grapes as we normally do. Um, like last year for vintage 2019, we brought in, you know, nearly 500 tons of fruit. And again, we're a small, big winery, you know, all family owned and operated. Um, there's places that bring in like a hundred thousand tons, you know, which is just like crazy, but there's only five of us, you know, so that's a good amount for five of us. Um, yeah. So it was a little bit smaller. I think that the smoke, um, exposure that we had, because we had two smoke events, 
one over Labor Day, which had a couple of peaks. And then we had another one from like September 11th to the 18th, where the smoke just kind of settled within the vineyard and the valley and everything in certain parts of Washington state. Um, so it's just a little bit different. We didn't bring in as much grapes, not because the grapes are bad, but just because um, with COVID, it'd be easier to sell the grapes than to process it ourselves and then take all that and then hold it down in our cellar for however long. Right. So yeah, COVID's, you know, kind of like really affecting us. I mean, we close our tasting room again because no one wants to sit outside when it's 20 degrees and windy. Um, But yeah, but I mean, we're okay. So that's good. But yeah, the growing season was not, I would say 2020 is going to be an interesting vintage. I will say that. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy how these, all these little things dovetail into each other, you know? Yeah. Billy, got anything? Uh, Feeling good. I haven't had COVID yet, so that's good. (laughs) Uh, Your brother's tested negative. He's totally tested out, though. He's straight now. Yeah, he's good now, which is which is good. Yeah. Um, got the Giants playing the Seahawks a little bit later. That should be a fun game. Go Seahawks! (laughs) You're a legit Seahawks fan. Oh yeah, I don't hate him, but I mean, I thought that was a cute story on your Instagram when you met Chris Pratt. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> That's cool. Let's see if I can show you guys this without exposing too much. See, nice. Oh yeah. Okay, you're that like- was uh, the NFC Championship game. It was a year after we won the Super Bowl, um, yeah. and that was the NFC Championship game against Green Bay. I was in Miami with Roman um, visiting her for a couple of days and ended up getting like completely trashed in South beach. Because <laughs> uh, the Seahawks were losing that whole game, you know, up until like the last 10 minutes. And then we pulled that out and I was like, I was drunk. I was like, that's it. I need my team to go on my arm. That was amazing. So NFC championship. Wait, is game. that, is that the game with the fake or the temporary referees? No, no, oh, no. Okay. That was, that was the, uh, that was like, I think two years before. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say. <laughs> wow. Yeah, my girlfriend hates the Seahawks because of that game. <laughs> well, she's yeah. a Packers fan, so. Well, grew up in New York her whole life. Somehow, she's a Packers fan. That's weird. Do you want to that, Billy? <laughs> huh? How was she a Packers fan again? Well, when she was growing up, her dad was like, "I'm not gonna tell you to like a team. What color do you like?" So she saw the Packers green, and she her favorite mm. color is green. She's like, "I'm gonna be a Packers fan." Dude, I dig that, man. I do the same thing with my kids. I try not to force them. You know, because they didn't grow up in Buffalo. You know, my son's like first team that he played flag football is the Chiefs, and it just coincides with the Super Bowl victory. So it's like, mm-hmm. I'll let him have that. I'm a guy who suffered through four consecutive Super Bowl losses as a kid. Yeah, that's sad. Damn it. My son's team's got a Super Bowl. That's a, you know, that's a, yeah. that's a good There you go. So it is what it is. I got a couple. Yeah. Well, you're not going to have any for a long time, bud. It's going to be a while. Before the Giants get back to that, I think. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I'd have to say I'm definitely right. Yeah, to be a Seattle fan of anything is like definitely have heartbreak and misery every year after yeah. year after so year. The thing about what's interesting, not being from Washington and living in a state where there's a ton of wa- like Seattle bandwagoners. Yeah, a lot of people rocking Seahawks gear here, and you're like, come on, dude. You know? Yeah, that kind of that bugs me. I have a really like um, it's irrational. I know it's irrational, but I hate when I see people like something but they have no origin with that. 
Mm. Yeah, if you don't have like a legit story to back up like your allegiance, I usually will take issue with it. It bugs me. It bugs me so bad. I'm like, what do you even know? Do you know about the strife? Do you know about the hardships? Do you know about like the, the grandiose, like being celebrating, like walking around in a parade? Like you don't know those things. It bugs me. It, it physically bugs me. And I give people shit about it. I have a coworker. Same he is you. from here. Patriots fan. Doesn't make any sense. What? No. <laughs> Doesn't make any fucking sense. Like Patriots fan because they were like a, a dynasty and they were winning, 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 winning. And now that they're not winning, he's not so much talking about it. Yeah. Hmm. Now he's a fair weather fan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Get the so, fuck out of here. That's my thing. It's like, okay, you're you're a fan of this team because it's easy. Yes. Like ride it out, ride or die a team that loses four Super Bowls in a row. Yeah, that's rough, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and I'm still, I still rep their shit every chance I get. Like, you know, cause it's like when you're from there, it's, it's like part of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Like my buddy, Phil, he, um, you know, it's not like folks are interesting, but he's got a great story. Like he, he had cancer when he was a kid. He had like Hodgkins and shit. So like he was like beating cancer and he got an autographed helmet from Steve Young. Like the dude will never not be a 49ers fan, you know, See, stuff, there's an origin. There's That's, a story to it. It kind of makes sense. There, and it, it, you know, that matters. They're like, he's a Mets fan. He's a Mets fan because the first little league team he ever played for was modeled after the Mets. Like I'm with that. It makes total, it makes perfect sense. Like that's actually way more common in baseball um, than a lot of people would probably realize. Like you don't have to have um, like city origins to, to be down for a certain team, you know, because little league has always sort of been modeled after these teams. So that kind of, I sort of passed that on to my son's flag football team and, he could be a Chiefs fan. Plus, it's, they're fun to watch. You know, they're good. Uh, you know, so. Well, it also coincides in where he was born, too, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, he. Was, I mean, he's a Missouri kid. You know, obviously, Kansas yeah. is out. Out. Uh, he was born in St. Louis, but or that area. You know, south of that. But yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But I don't. Right. I, don't I don't. I don't agree when people like ditch their team for a new team. You know, because a player went there and now they're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Yeah. That's called bullshit. Yeah, you can follow the players, but like, you know, I was, I'm a Bills guy, but I followed Peyton Manning's career, you know, because I love him and he played for Tennessee. So, uh, but yeah, I, I get that. I mean, there's a, like, there's a couple of quarterbacks that came from WSU or UW, you know, that I follow, but I'm not going to like change my loyalties from, you know, so that's, like that's kind of interesting that you bring that up, though. So, like, all the, all the folks that I keep meeting from Wyoming are becoming Bills fans. Because our quarterback is from there. Like he went, to, mm-hmm. he's from California, but he played in Wyoming. And right. he, he's such a good dude. Like, as a, he's a good human being. Like, everybody loves him. So they followed him to Buffalo. And, like, right. so that, you know, he, there, there are some like generational players that can have a, a really positive impact on people. And that's kind of cool. But, yeah. Um, like, and they, they're, and those are really few and far between. You're not going to have like. Nobody in Wyoming still, no, they still don't understand what it's like to suffer four consecutive losses from Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. No. no. <laughs> Unless you're from Buffalo in my generation, you, you don't. And if anybody wants to experience it, go on ESPN Plus and watch Four Falls of Buffalo. I have watched that and that was devastating. I feel bad for Buffalo every single year when they weren't doing anything. I have the same kind of feeling for the Browns and the Bengals, not so much the Bengals anymore, but probably more the Browns. Like I just, I have like a guys, you know, just like like Seattle, Seattle though was like really bad for a long time. And like, yeah. And then they got, now they're like, 
you can't deny like they're a fucking dope football team. Like they're good. Right. Oh, talk about like, you know, the nineties up until like the early two thousands, those were times where you, it was a heartbreak, especially like the early two thousands or like the 2010s, like 2010 to like 2013. There were times where we would lose games in those last 20 seconds. You're like, yep, that's a Seattle fan. It's the same thing with the Mariners. We would have great seasons, but then fall apart. Like 2001, where we had 118 wins. That, that was phenomenal. Is that good? But then we go to New York in the fucking Yankees. Fuck the Yankees. Yeah, you went there at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, after September 11th. Of course they're going to fucking win. Well, I meant just in that whole like like era from like 95, 96 till then. It was like Yankees, 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 Yankees. Fuck that was the it. Yankees. I fucking hate the Yankees. Paul O'Neill is a fucking dick. I, I stood Paul outside <laughs> of the kingdom and was trying to get autographs. Fuck him. He's a dick. Is 118 wins good? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's only 162 games in the year, and they won 118 of them. That sounds pretty good, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the baseball numbers. That's fine. I know your feelings about baseball. But, that, again, that just goes into play of being a Seattle fan. Yeah, but you're yeah, – And then you, <laughs> the supersonic spy. Well, yeah, because wasn't, wasn't, wasn't there talks that uh, the Seahawks may go away or move? Oh, yeah. So that was like um, – I feel like they were sort of the bastard, kind of the bastard team of the NFL for a little while. Yeah, they were they, AFC, NFC. Like they've switched. I think I don't know their whole history, but yeah, that's, Paul Allen swooped in, saved the Seahawks. You know, now they have like the Seattle scene for football is like it, they have a pretty incredible base up there now. Yeah, I mean it's it's always been there, but it was never. We never had a winning team, so no one ever paid attention to us. It's much like the Pac-12. You know, no one really cares about UW or you know WSU or anything. When we have good years, everyone's more concentrated on the rest of the country. The West Coast doesn't really get that much love. It was good. Well, that's what I always talk about when people ask me about my time here in Utah, like my time zone. I love it because I get the West Coast games that most people on the East Coast ignore because right. they're, they're fucking tired or whatever. Um, and the Pac-12 is definitely becoming more relevant. I just feel bad for like Heisman caliber players that play on the West Coast, and they don't yeah. get attention. But nope. Um, yeah, uh, I got. Well, at least you got a team you can root for closer to you now. Yeah, I would say in terms of the Seahawks, though, that year they won the Super Bowl. They did it with like at the time relatively nobodies. You know, like they didn't. Yeah. Have, they didn't have like epically high paid players. And we went into that game. I mean, if you look at all all the media that went into that Super Bowl week, everything was all about Peyton Manning, all about the Broncos, everything about Peyton. There was not shit said about the Seahawks. We definitely went into that game as underdogs, and no one, everyone kind of counted us out. Everything was all about that was Peyton Manning's year. That's because Russell Wilson was like his second year. Right. Well, he was and all, he was annoying. And, he, he and he's five foot nine nothing. or whatever the hell yeah. he was. But he was playing on the league minimum, too. That's my point is like that team, that, that likely – wouldn't be repeated again because there really wasn't a high, super highly paid standout. They all got caught. It wasn't. That whole Legion of Boom was nothing. You know, you look at Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, those you guys know, all Doug got, Baldwin, all those guys. They all got paid after. So mm-hmm. that's what that's what was really special about the team is like I said, they're really they're coming off like a seven and nine playoff year and then or some shit like that. And then I just watched Peyton's places. So Peyton did a thing with Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. Actually really good. I had no idea. Marshawn played for Buffalo for a while, and everyone hated yeah. him because he was a dick. He was, you know, like he he was not good in the town, and like that shit matters. Like if if um, if, see, it's surprising like, that they say that he's not good in the town because he goes to places and like does massive he donations. He wasn't like that back then. Mm, he, that's he, a bummer. Yeah, he changed a lot, and and 
and convert like he got he made some mistakes and got in trouble and um the media made him pay for it and actually his his bullshit with the media stems from buffalo uh, interesting the way that he was treated um so he never really got a clean shot but it's i never realized like how fucking good he actually was mm-hmm. that dude like he created he actually registered some shit on a richter scale in fucking seattle i didn't know that yeah twice yeah those are the the lynch quakes yeah He's legit, like, but watching him, uh, you know, when you go back and you see people's highlights, like watching him run, he was way better than, than, um, I would have, I would have realized, you know, cause I don't watch every Seahawks game, but there's a, an edit where he it's against the saints. And, um, it's the first time that there was the beast quake. And when he's running, they have like the super Mario brothers, like who got a, he got a star, you know, and it, everything's just bouncing off of him. Yeah. It's one of the best football edits ever. I love it. Of course. I just, I love, you know, I've come to really appreciate his personality and stuff too. And you're right. He's a good, he's a super good human being. Well, he's Mm -hmm. built like a fullback, but he can move like a halfback. So that's, he does a lot of good for a lot of people. Like he was handing out turkeys and shit on, uh, in Hawaii. Yeah. Randomly. Like, you know, to be honest, he's not in the league anymore. He doesn't have like any of these extra things that keep him like super relevant, but he'll just pop up all of a sudden, like doing good shit. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. he's got a, um, two little stores. There's one in Seattle and there's one in Oakland. Oakland's where he's originally from. Right. And it's just called beast mode. And so I've, right. every time I'm in Seattle, you know, if we're going to a game, that's my first stop. I go and I pick up a couple of t-shirts or whatnot. Yeah. 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 So he does, he definitely, um, you can see him. He, he wears his clothes. He's definitely got like a little brand going. Mm-hmm. I like him. I think he's cool. He came out here and did some shit with the diesel brothers. And on that one little year hiatus or whatever that he did before he mm-hmm. went, so yeah. But well, at, speaking of football, though, I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna watch some today. So yeah, my my bills are playing tomorrow, so that means I can fuck off and work around the house and um try to avoid my mind telling me that I got COVID and get some pockets <laughs> done. So just take but, some zinc. Yeah, no, actually, um, I probably will. I know that that's supposed to help people, so. But, all right. Well, thanks for thanks for jumping on. Actually, last week was the first week since I started this show that I missed putting out an episode. Wow! Just took a whole week off, so um, I just I feel like it just needed to happen. So, well, uh, I'm gonna put out some more content, and then we'll probably uh, I think in January will be a whole hiatus, and we'll come in hot um, with some lineup changes and stuff in in February. Because my guy Billy's got some some moves he's making, so we'll see. More shows? Yeah, we got oh. a few lined up. Well, yeah, well, yeah. You're gonna do your Operation Unknown still a thing. He's gonna keep going with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, I did. I, I'm gonna put one swing the podcast on back burner um, until I can get the a little bit more of the foundation done on the the nonprofit, and then we'll probably start that back up. And then my guy Robbie on the summit with Robbie Horn is still going too. So going strong. Cool. So we'll keep pushing those out, um, but February we'll come back hot. We'll do uh, each show will be more like this, where um, kind of more of the shit show style formats rather than just one one veteran or whatever. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's kind of where we're at with it. So thanks for uh, thanks for coming on today. Appreciate it. Thank you for the invite. Of course, Billy, you good? Yeah, man, I had fun. Yeah, good times. Man, we've talked about a lot of shit. We've been going for a little while. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend. Have a good week. I'm on day two. If I don't hear from you guys, have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Oh, you'll hear from us before then. Okay, cool. Day two of a 10 day quarantine. All right. Okay. You got this. All right. Yeah. Bye, guys. All right. Bye.